This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of MrsChristyJones.com, episode number 36. In today's episode, I am talking about motherhood. Whether you are already a mother or desire to be one, motherhood is a calling, a purpose, and a privilege. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. The Wife Wisdom Podcast is a real conversation designed to help you cultivate the heart of a wife. If you are single and desire to be married, if you are newly married and want to thrive as a wife, or if you are a seasoned wife and just need a little encouragement staying a wife, you are in the right place. If you are new to our podcast, welcome to the family. I'm so excited that you found us. And if you are already a part of my tribe, I love you and I appreciate you. And thank you so, so, so much for just being here each and every week. So let's jump right into today's topic. Today's episode is all about being a mother. Motherhood is an amazing, an amazing gift from God. It is a calling, a divine assignment on your life. God has positioned you to influence your child greatly. And it must be understood that this is a privilege. It's a privilege for God to entrust you with your children, which are really his children, to raise them and to care for them deeply because God calls us to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So marriage and motherhood, they are God's idea and we are to experience abundance in them. But one of the things that breaks my heart, just even each and every time I see it is when I see mothers who don't understand their calling, who don't understand the purpose and the position that God has placed them in their lives and they mistreat their children or they're, you know, one or two, three years old and they're yelling and screaming at them in the middle of the target or they're um, just embarrassing them greatly when they're young teenagers or teenagers even, and just so abusing them. And it just reminds me of what Dr. Miles Monroe said. He said, when you don't understand the purpose of your calling, when you don't understand the purpose of something, abuse is inevitable. So when you don't understand the purpose, the calling, the position and the privilege that God has placed you in as a mother, abuse is inevitable. And unfortunately, who receives the abuse? The children. And so I wish I could keep count of all of the women and men that I have coached over the years and how many of them are dealing currently even with the negative seeds that have been planted in their subconscious, in their minds, in their perceptions of themselves by their mothers. And these negative seeds have grown into doubt, into disbelief, into discouragement, into not not thinking they're good enough, not thinking they'll they're failures. Just and these lies that have been sown into them as negative words, as negative actions, as negative behaviors that have been sown by their mothers and even their fathers 
they they now believe these lies about themselves today. And it's all because a mom didn't understand her power. A mom didn't understand God's purpose for her life as a mother. A mom didn't understand the privilege and the influence that she has in her child's life. And so when God makes you a mom, whether it's a biological mom, whether it's through adoption, whether it's through mentorship, whether you are a mom figure to someone in your life, the influence is great because of this position that God has given you in this person's life, whether they are a child, whether they are one of your child's friends, even you still have influence in their life. And as a mother, you are the very first person a child sees when they are born. You're the first person that a child trusts fully. You're the first person that a child believes When you tell them that they are smart, that they are beautiful, that they can do it, or you tell them that they are stupid, that they are dumb, and that they will never be successful, they believe you. What you say to them matters. It makes a big, big difference in their lives. You are positioned to influence your children to become great adults, and you have the power to fan the flame of their God-given gifts, talents, and abilities, and even purpose. You have the power to encourage them or discourage them by the way you influence, by the way you encourage, by the way you uplift, by the way you sow positivity, by the way you pour into them with your actions and your words. There, I just, there's, I wonder why there's so many broken adults in the world. My theory is because many moms, dads, they, parents, they just don't understand their calling, their position, their purpose and influence in their child's life. You know, the old saying, do what I say, not what I do. That is the very worst tactic, worst technique of parenting that I can even think of because it's so hypocritical. And unfortunately, many of our parents and grandparents were taught that that's the way they were taught to be parents. Because you have to realize that when you are parenting, when you are being a wife, when you're being a husband, that your example of what it is that you do and how you treat your spouse or how you treat your children is the very thing that they are learning from you in order to treat their wives, their spouse, their husbands, their children. They are learning how to treat their children by the way you treat them, by the example that you set before them. It's so critical and it's it's so, you know, we've got to get back to a place where we are literally examples of God in earth, on earth through our parenting, through being a wife or a husband, we've got to realize that other people are looking at our example. And so there's a level of accountability as a mother that has to be so high because you know that what you're sowing is you are teaching your children how to treat, how to nurture, how to raise, how to encourage and uplift your grandchildren. And because it transfers the good and the bad transfer. So when you are more aware of, hmm, 
How do I want to handle this? How do I want to do this? How do I want to teach my son to treat women? How do I want to teach my daughter how to stand in and understand her worth and her power and her value and not give it away so easily and freely because I never poured it into her in the first place? Hello. It is important to know that what you do manifests. What you say has power. What you say manifests. So what you speak into your children's life will manifest in their life. So I've worked really hard, really, really hard since my children were very little in creating a very safe place for them to be authentic, honest, and open. I've been, I've also been very intentional in letting them know that they matter. Just because they're younger than me does not mean that their feelings, thoughts, and and opinions are less important than mine. I just... I've heard so many because I, of course, I deal with adults and some of the things that they were taught, some of the things that were caught. And this is a, such a powerful example, because what by spending time with your children, by pouring into them, they catch the lesson. They catch the method of discipline. They catch the method of of love. They catch the the example of of honor, honor and respect and love and they catch all of these things because they spend time studying you. Right? So you've got to be so 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 aligned with one who you are, who God has created you to be, what he's placed on the inside of you, knowing through the Holy Spirit and the power that God has placed on the inside of you the power and the authority that he's given you, you've got to be so clear in exercising this that you use it for good and not for harm. I remember when my children were younger, um, I the way I disciplined them when they were little is I'd had them write sentences to teach them a lesson. So you can only imagine a preschooler or first, second, third grader who, you know, just really kind of learning to write, having to write 20 sentences of, I will not lie, or I will always tell the truth. And or, you know, whatever it is, I can't remember all the specific examples. But I remember that I remember disciplining them. And it was very impactful, because it was teaching them a right from a wrong. But I remember a moment when I I did something and my kids were like, mom, you know, you made us write sentences when we did that. And it was like, oh, okay, you're right. So how many sentences do you want me to write? And they would, of course, they would say maybe 20, 25. And I was like, okay, are you sure? Okay, yes. And so I would write the the sentences down. I would post it on the bulletin board in our kitchen. We would have a conversation around it. And it was all about, it was a very important moment to highlight the how important integrity was, and accountability was for all of us as a family unit, not just for the parents, not just for the kids, but that that the core value is what was critical and important in that moment. And I've also just instilled that it's important for them to 
understand their value, that whether they are in kindergarten or first grade, second grade, their opinions matter, their thoughts matter, their, and even especially as teenagers, and I'm seeing the fruit of what the intention that I sowed into my children's lives as preschoolers and for early, early elementary school. I'm seeing the fruit of that now as teenagers. They're 13, 14, and 15 years old. And I see the fact that they can have a conversation with me and tell me the truth and not be afraid of what it is that they feel or what, or their opinion, or, you know, no, I don't really want to go spend the night over there at my friend's house or no, I really don't want to do that. Or mom, I don't really like this anymore. Or I'm not, I'm full or I don't want to eat that. Or can we talk about chore, doing our chores differently and opening and creating that open space for them to share authentically what's important to them is something that I instilled in them when they were, they could barely talk well, (laughs) they could barely write. It was something that I would continue to ask them. So tell me how you feel. How do you, you know, why do you feel that way? Why is this important to you? And it not only does it teach them to be able to speak clearly about their opinions and their thoughts and what it is that's important to them, but it, it, on the behind the scenes, it created a safe place for them. And so my intention was that when they are going through their teenage years, I always want them to be able to come to me as their mom, always, always, always. And that is what I sewed into them when they were little. So I want to really stress to you today, these important tips and strategies for being just a mom for God, a mom who honors God through her motherhood, through her parenting, through her nurturing, the nurturing of her children. So understanding one, that motherhood is a calling, that when you become a mother, it cannot be casual. It cannot be uncommitted. It's part of why God created you. And you have to take this position and the responsibility of motherhood, this calling very, very seriously. This is not just you, if you birthed a child, I want to be very clear that if you are a teacher, if you are a mentor, if you are, if you've adopted children, if you are a foster mom, if you are a, any type of mother figure to a child, to a younger person, and they don't even necessarily have to be young, 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 where they, you know, need you. It could be a a 21 year old, 25 year old, right? Even a mother figure that you have a calling and a responsibility to nurture, to instruct, to influence with intention, with good intention to that person's life. Okay. Number two, You must be deliberate in what you are pouring into your child's life, into that young person's life. What kind of adult do you want them to be? So there's this a reverse engineering of what it is that you're needing to sow or pour into that person's life. So I wanted to my children to know that their opinion mattered. I wanted them to know that they were powerful, smart, talented, and anointed, that God had a call on their life. I wanted them to know that they were leaders, that God was going to use them in their classrooms and as influences in their friends' lives. I wanted my children to know that they 
create their reality with what they say and what they think. I remember we have we created a death jar and you can call it a life jar. But every single time my children would say something that spoke death over their life versus life, they had to give me a, their a quarter, a dollar, whatever it is that some something that was valuable to them, they had to give it up as a reminder and literally just instilling self-accountability. So when they would speak death or when anybody else would speak death, they'd say, oh, that's a dollar. That's a dollar. And so we have a death jar and and every time they would say, oh, no, I can't do it. Up, oh, that's a dollar. Oh, man, that was stupid. Up, oh, that's a dollar. And then in that moment, I'm able to literally teach the power of life and death is in your tongue. So now to this day, one of my sons, Blaze, has a, he is a friend magnet. He has a lot of friends. They're just drawn and attracted to him. And so um, they've come over uh, just a lot of time. They've spent a lot of time with our family, spending the night, hanging out. And it's so funny because they, the influence of a mother. So one of them said something and I was like, oh, that's a dollar. You're speaking death. And so one of their friends asked, well, well what does that mean? And we explained that when you, that you, the power of life and death is in your tongue. So the things that you say, the things that you think, the things that you speak, they create your reality. So if you say that I'm dumb or I'm stupid or um, I, I'll never get it right. Guess what? What will manifest are things that support that very thing that you said. They will support the fact that, oh, you never get things right. You never, you know, you're not smart. You're not, you're, you know, slow or you're not deserving or you're not worthy. And so it's such a thrill and it's such a blessing to hear his, their friends now just because of what we share, just because of the influence as a mom that I've shared even with their friends, now their friends, they hold each other accountable. So if one says, if Blaze were to say, oh man, I can't believe I, I, I messed up. That, I'm, I'm, that was so stupid. One of their friends was like, oh, that's a dollar. Put a dollar in the death jar. I wanted to run around the, the kitchen table like I had just won the lottery when they said that because it just was an example and a reminder of the influence that you have as a mom to even your friends, your, your children's friends and the things that you can pour into them as a mother figure. And now, so now their friends now know that they, whenever they say oh, that was stupid. They're going to catch themselves. They're going to be mindful and aware of the power that they are giving to their words. And that was such a powerful moment. So the influence that you have as a as a mom, as a mother figure, it is so, so powerful. And you can never take it lightly because even the things that you're teaching your children's friends are powerful and it will change their lives. And so um, I even had one of his friends say to me, which just almost made me cry <laughs> on my way to dropping him home. He's like, you know what, Miss Christie, when I have kids, will you be their godmother? Ugh! I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> but they just, but children watch you. They see how you act. They see how you respond. They see how you react when somebody wants to take you there and you want to go before Christ on them. 
right? So how are you responding? And there's a self accountability that needs to be in place throughout your whole entire life because they are watching how you handle things. I remember when my kids and I were rushing through, uh, we were in Vegas and we were going to the airport. We were a little bit late, but you know, we still had time. But the check-in, the security line was off the chain and the lady was probably slower than anybody I've ever seen in my entire life when she was going through people's bags and stuff and it missed our plane. We missed our plane. In that moment, I wanted to freak out. I wanted to yell, scream and get really angry because she's the one who made us miss our flight, right? And so because I know that the position that I hold in my children's lives, the influence and the and the power that I have to really teach them how to respond to the daily woes in life or the daily challenges in life, I was very conscious with the way I responded. I was like, oh, Okay, guys, so we've got three more hours until we um, have to go get on the next flight. So let's go get something to eat and let's just talk about what happened. And so we went to go get something to eat. We talked about what happened. I asked them what I what they thought I did well and what they thought I could have done better at. And this conversation is what I'm having with my teenagers. My, you know, at the time, I think they were 12, 13 and 14, but you know, these are the kind of conversations that we need to have as moms, because then we don't give room to the enemy for them to creep in to areas of our children's lives that we have no idea about, that we have no idea. We have, we don't have our finger on the pulse of what's going on with our children's lives. And that those areas are where the enemy creeps in. So when we don't know our children's friends, when we don't know what they're watching on their phones or TV, when we don't know what they're saying to their teachers, when we don't have a our finger on the pulse of every aspect of our children's lives, those areas that are unmanned or unsupervised, they, the enemy will creep in. And we've got to know that when we stay in conversation, conversation is what connects you. When you have conversation with your children, when you, even as a five-year-old, when you're having conversations with them, when you're giving them attention, when you're paying attention to what they're saying and you're listening to what they're saying, they will tell you who they are. They will show you areas that they're, they feel insecure in. And so you are, number three, you are positioned to influence. When God gives you a position, whether it's a, as a wife, whether it is as a mother, whether it's as a boss, what comes with the position that God gives you is authority. You have authority in your child's life and you must remember to use it, to use your authority to protect them, not to put them in, in, in a mode of needing to people please, but to protect them. And I'm going to give you an example. I remember when um, Blaze, my, he's my second, my middle child, my firstborn son, um, he was in fifth grade. And, you know, when, when young boys, where boys go through that kind of chubby stage, he was in that stage and he was being teased. Someone teased him about his chest and um, that he had man boobs. That's what one somebody in fifth grade told him. And I remember one morning he was getting dressed and I just looked at him and he was kind of hunched over trying to walk with his chest caved in. And I was like, baby, come here, let me talk to you. And so we went into his room and I was like, why are you walking hunched over? And he was like, oh, no reason. He tried to kind of 
you know, poo poo it off. And I was like, no, seriously, why are you? Did somebody say something about you? And he got quiet and he said, yeah, um, there was a girl in my class who said that I had man boobs and he started crying. And I remember in that moment that I was like, do you think you have man boobs? He's like, no. And I was like, so I want you to repeat after me. I praise you, Lord, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And, you know, the tears started welling up some more. And he was like, he he didn't want to say it. I was like, I praise you, Lord, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And he was like, no, mom, no, I don't want to. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. So as a mother positioned with authority to rule and reign in this earth, we are carriers of the presence of God and have authority over the enemy. It was clearly an attack where the enemy tried to use the seed of what that little girl said to my son as being less than or being having man boobs or not being attractive or whatever the enemy was trying to use to to take root into my son's mind and his subconscious about his own self-esteem at that moment it was such a powerful powerful and um moment to be aware of as a mother. So we started speaking the truth of God's word over that situation. There was some resistance because the enemy was trying to take root, right? So there was some resistance there. So I spent probably about 30 minutes in the morning before he went to school. He ended up even being late to school while I had him repeating the truth. I am praise you, Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Say it after me, Blaze. Say it after me. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I know that full well. He was whispering it in the beginning. And by the time we were finished, we both were yelling at the top of our lungs. I praise you, Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. We said it probably mm, 75 times, maybe 100 times that moment until it broke. He was, he had started crying until, until he got to a place where he was standing powerfully in who he was, who God had created him to be. He's never from that moment ever mentioned it again. He's never stood hunched over ever again. It's the power and the authority of you as a mother. Another time was when his very first incident was with um or his very first time on the playing football I can't remember how old he was he was in um, elementary school and uh one of the coaches said to him that he would never play he would be the terrible football player he would never be able to play in um after this year something crazy and we did it again we went to the truth of who God says he was. And my father is an national, an NFL football hall of famer, top 2% of people who ever play football in the entire game of the sport, the, in the entire history of the game, only 2% of players are ever 
sent or, or enshrined into the National Football Hall of Fame. His grandfather is one of those people. His father played professional basketball. So this joker who is a coach try, who's trying to, to allow the enemy to use him to speak death into my son's life, me as a mother had to one, be involved enough, had to be, have conversation enough with my children to recognize when he's down and sad and, and take the time to stop, drop and roll, do what I'm doing, stop what I'm doing to give him a hundred percent of my focus and attention to find out what's going on. And then in that moment, when I knew what the enemy was trying to do, I was able to take authority over it in that moment. And we had a conversation. We took authority over it. We spoke the truth of God's word over that situation. We prayed for the coach and he is never mentioned it again, never mentioned it again. In fact, he is a multi-sport athlete. He plays soccer, he plays lacrosse and he plays football and he plays and he does what he does them well. And he's, but he does not have that the doubt and the the disbelief and the the insecurity that the co- the enemy was trying to use the coach to plant in my son as his mother and as the uh, authority figure and the influence that I have in his life I was able to see it take authority over it immediately that is your responsibility that is your job as a mother to be aware of what's going on in your children's lives, to have conversation with your children from the time they can talk until they are, you know, until they leave this earth. It is your responsibility to have conversations with them, to not be afraid to have the hard conversation, not be afraid to share the real world with them and in a way that's protecting to them because now you want your children to come and talk to you about the things that may scare you to talk about. I remember when Adrian um, and when Adrian and I have, have taken literally over a hundred couples in through pre uh, pre marriage, like, like before they get married. So marriage coaching, marriage counseling before they get married, 99.9% of the men and the women that we've taken through classes, they learned about sex from TV and from friends. That's where they learned it from, not their parents. That was the lowest percentage on the totem pole. And that I was like, oh no, my children, I want my children to be able to come to me to talk about sex, about anything that drugs, about alcohol, all of these different things that some, some parents are afraid to talk about. Some, mar- some mothers are uncomfortable talking about it because their mothers were uncomfortable talking to them about it. So now you have the opportunity to change, shift that whole dialogue, that whole conversation, because God doesn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So because you have been positioned as the authority in your child's life, it is your responsibility to utilize that authority to protect your children. That is number uh, three. Number four is motherhood is a privilege. 
It is such a privilege. And again, it's not just if you birth a child biologically, but if you're a teacher, it's a privilege. You are sowing into our children's lives that are going to become amazing adults that change the world. It is such a privilege. And so I often say that marriage is more challenging than motherhood, (laughs) mostly because marriage, you are joining as one with another adult who has been shaped by a plethora of experiences, good and bad and you're having to come together and and create your own oneness and family with your experiences and their experiences and it's a lot harder than if you were but by when because you're a mom and you are blessed to parent and nurture another human being from the moment they enter the earth everything they are absorbing is coming from you So the privilege that it is to shape and mold a child into an adult that shows compassion, that expresses love, that is a leader amongst their friends, that is that people trust and who changes the world. It all starts with you. Yes, you. It starts with you. I don't want you to take this calling lightly and I want you to feel the weight of the responsibility that you have in raising your children well. But I also want you to know that you have what it takes, that you have what it takes. God has placed it on the inside of you. He's given you everything that you need. Discernment, wisdom, power of the Holy Spirit, understanding, intuition. He has given you everything that you need. It is in you to raise your children well, to steward over them well. It is the privilege of of being able to steward our children and their lives is such a beautiful gift. It is such a beautiful gift. And I don't want you to overthink the, the, the level of responsibility that it is to be a mom because God has given you the position and the authority and the passion and the calling and the and the purpose behind it. I remember when, and I don't want you to overthink it because I remember when Sky was really little, she might've been 12 months old, maybe 15 months old. And I remember giving her a bath and she had an accident in the bathtub and I panicked. Ah! I was like, oh my gosh. I called my mom and I asked her, mom, 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 what do I do? Sky pooped in the bathtub. What do I do? She said, she started laughing, of course. And she's like, okay, take the baby out of the bathtub, clean the tub, and then refill it with water and put the baby back in the tub. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah. I was a new mom and I was overthinking the innate gift, the calling God had on my life, the purpose that God had given me to parent to mother, to steward over Sky at the time, because it was just one. That's crazy. Like we were reading all these, I was reading all these books and, you know, all of this, all of these different books that I was giving more weight to and more um, deference to in teaching me how to be a mom versus really just sitting and resting and relishing in the purpose in the calling, in the assignment, in the privilege that God had given me to be a mom. 
it was so it was a it was a story that I will never forget that I always remember. And I remind a lot of my new moms, too. And I was like, you're overthinking it. Everything that you need is in you. You know, when you, something is wrong with your child and the doctor tells you, oh, they're fine. No, they're not. No, they are not. I remember Sky had um, had. I had to take her back to the doctor. I think I took her like three or four times in a week because the doctor kept saying, no, 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 something's wrong. She had pneumonia. And if I had just listened to the doctor, something worse could have happened to her. And so I want you to really practice listening to your spirit, listening to your intuition. When God is telling you something about your child, do not delay. Do not delay open up the conversation, call them, go see them, go get them. I remember there was a young man who shared a story with me that he was really battling with depression, big time battling. And he had, you know, his parents were a little worried about him. He said his parents picked up and came to visit him and stayed with him for two weeks. It saved his life. He said that, you know, because we were talking about how depression oftentimes can lead to people taking their own lives. And he was like, you know, I had thought about it and my parents knew enough to know that they needed to come see me. He was in his 20s. They they needed to come be with me. They just poured into me. They fixed a, a bathroom in my house. They They just poured into me. They were there for two weeks. And it helped me so much to really get back on my feet. So mothering, being a mom never ends. You are a mother to the day you die and to the day your children leave this earth. You are a mother. So a lot of times moms, I'm realizing even as I've had teenagers, a lot of parents really kind of feel like, oh, whew, I made it to high school. Now I can take my hand, my foot off the gas or I can take my hands off of their life. And that's the bigger, that's even a more crucial time that you need to be involved with your children's lives and more time where you need to be inspecting what they're doing. My dad always says that people do what you inspect, not what you expect, especially teenagers. So teenagers do what what you inspect, not what you expect. And so I remember that all the time when I'm having to remind them of their chores. Hey, who didn't, somebody didn't do their dishes. People do what you inspect, not what you expect. So you want to remember to inspect what your children are doing at every stage of their life from birth all the way through marriage, parenthood and beyond. Because it's your position, it's your authority, and it's it's your calling. And so it was really great that my, when my mom was telling me about Sky and the bathtub situation, and I was overthinking how to be a mom, that that the innate gift and calling that God had given me, my mom just had to remind me of what was in me. So I'm reminding you of what's in you. Whether you are a new mom, whether you desire to be a mom, whether you're pregnant and you're about to be a mom, you're a mom to be and you are nervous and you're like, I want to do things right. I want to be, I want to do this the best way I can with my children. I want you to know that it's in you. God has purposed you to be a mom. He has give. he has positioned you. He has, this is a calling and in and a and an and an assignment on your life that there is great purpose in the transfer that you are going to give to your children. So what are you wanting to transfer to your children? It may be something completely opposite 
from what has been transferred into you. And so you have the authority to decide on what type of adult are you going to be raising. I love being a mother. It has completely blessed me and my life every single day. It is such an important part of my purpose. And I am such an important part of my children and who they are becoming. And yes, it's a lot of work. And yes, managing your children and changing diapers. And and I had three babies in three years. And I was a deer in headlights until my youngest one, Hayes, was in diaper. I mean, he was out of diapers. He was potty trained. I was a deer in headlights. I was nursing. I was uh, changing diapers. There was a period of time where I was changing three diapers at once because Sky was in pull-ups and, you know, her two brothers pushed her kind of out of the way and she would bring me her pull-ups and say, mommy, I need to be changed. And I'm like, oh my gosh, trying to, you know, remember everything to do and make sure that I teach them about God and his word and trying to continue to love my husband and be available for him. We're going to talk about all of these things, the madness of all of that soon, maybe next week, (laughs) we're going to be talking about that. How do you manage being a wife and marriage and motherhood and the madness of all of it? And so I experienced that and it was a lot. It was a lot. So whatever stage you are in, just know that there's going to be times when you are completely overwhelmed and you're like, help. There are going to be times when you feel like, yo, I'm rocking this thing out. What? Right? Where you're going to feel like I got it. But just know that you can do it. You can do it. God has positioned and purposed you to do it. My ch- Your children are a product of your parenting. Your children are a product of, I should say, your intentional and deliberate parenting. My children are such priorities for me and Adrian and how they act and who they are reflect the time, the attention, the love, the prioritization that we give them each and every day. And so are your children. And so you are and can be an amazing mother to your children through the power and the anointing of God. Rest in it, accept it, walk in it, step fully into it and become the very best mother that I know you, God has created you to be, that I know you are each and every day. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. I just love the journey of motherhood and encourage each and every one of you to embrace and enjoy the journey that motherhood will bring. It is such, such a blessing that will completely just change your life. It really, really does. And so as always, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to my tribe of faithful listeners. Thank you for joining me. If this is your first time today, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Those of you who would love to share this podcast, I would appreciate it if you could share this with another mother, with somebody, a mother to be, a new mom, a mom who's frustrated with her teenagers. Just share this podcast with a friend or um, and, a, and sister. Thank you for If you have not, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please rate and review us on iTunes because what it does is it helps other people to be able to find our podcast. So thank you for doing that. If you are not 
joining us. If you have not followed us on Instagram, we are at Wife Wisdom. And we've got some really exciting things going on every single day this month. So go join us and um, follow us. Turn on your notifications so you can join us. We are literally confessing and declaring the truth of God's word over ourselves as women, as wives, and as mothers. And it is we have some fun things coming up this summer too. So be sure to get on our list at, in its bit.ly, join Wife Wisdom. And then you'll be able to get all of the information that we're going to be having in these next upcoming months. We post new episodes each and every Monday by 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And so I thank you again for listening to today's podcast. I love you. I believe in your breakthrough and I will see you next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.